stateside church planters um, have expressed similar um, desires as this brother here. And so what we've done is we've just, uh, we've just made a note to go back and reevaluate at some point next year or so whether or not they need our support or whether we need to take on another church planner. So we're not going to support them indefinitely uh, if, uh, as in the case of the church is self-supporting and he's drawing a salary that he will not need it. Uh, but if they help start another church or something, then we'd love to know about that. So I appreciate Brother Leader's recommendation. All in favor, taking them on for support, say amen. 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 I've got uh, two quick prayer requests, and then I'm going to jump right into the message. Go ahead and turn your Bibles to Psalm 119. Uh, but I would like to mention um, our missionary that was in Africa, one that was supposed to schedule to be in our missions conference, uh, Brother Tony Stark, had a serious stroke. And it and had to cancel, is not going to be here. We've been scrambling around trying to fill that slot with a, a couple of stateside missionaries if possible. But we need to remember him in prayer. Just scribble his name down on your prayer sheet from Wednesday night and be praying for Brother Tony Stark for God to touch and help him. And then I mentioned this on Wednesday. I got a phone call from Brother Robinson Grusso in Haiti about the uh, missionary that was kidnapped. I got another phone call this afternoon from Brother Stephen Sorrell in Sri Lanka calling me about that same missionary. He happens to know that man, highly recommended him, and is, uh, we're very concerned. He was very concerned about this missionary. He is a national Haitian with an American U.S. citizenship, but it seems to, appears to just be a random kidnapping. Uh, they don't, it doesn't seem that the kidnappers knew that he had an American citizenship. He went to the airport to pick up his mom and some other family members. And all of them got kidnapped. And they're still being held. And uh, I was able to get some more details. The man is, that missionary is ap actually able to get, make phone calls. He's been calling Brother Grusso and telling him what's happening. Uh, they've been beating them with two by fours. What they're basically trying to do is get their friends to raise money to release them is what they're trying to do. Um, and so I'm not giving their names out uh, over the airwaves, but I did get their names. And uh, we need to pray. We need to pray fervently for this situation down in Haiti. Um, I don't know whether or not the, the State Department down there, the embassy has been notified. I did reach out to some people this afternoon that I felt like could help us, and they forwarded us some information. I was able to forward it to them. But that's the second time somebody's called me and asked me if I could do something, and I've never felt so helpless in my life. I don't know anything I could possibly do to help these people, but we can pray, okay? So let's pray for them. Um, they have, uh, in fact, this, this missionary went through Brother Sorrell's missions training uh, camp, and so uh, he's very close to this guy and knows him. And so let's be much in prayer for these missionaries tonight that need our prayer. All right, would you stand with me in Psalm chapter 119? Right in the middle of your Bible, I want to look at two verses, uh, and then we'll springboard off of that. Verse number 47 and 48, the Bible says, I will delight myself in thy commandments, which I have loved. My hands also will I lift up unto thy commandments, which I have loved. And I will meditate in thy statutes. Tuesday's Valentine's Day. I preached this morning, I love my church, and I thought, why not? I preached tonight on, I love my Bible, amen? I love my Bible. Lord, we pray that you would take the next few moments and encourage and strengthen our hearts as we, Lord, look at just the wonderful, priceless treasure we have 
when we have the, and hold the Word of God in our hands. Bless this message tonight. I pray and be with these missionaries that we have made mention of tonight. Lord, you know the situation. We ask you if you would supernaturally intervene on their behalf. And we'll be sure to praise you and thank you for whatever you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. Uh, I love my Bible. I, I, I say that uh, because it is true. I remember even as a boy, uh, many times uh, I would want to get my picture made. I don't know that I did it every time I wanted to, but there was once or twice I would take my Bible with me down to, we used to get our pictures made at Olin Mills. Y'all remember that back in the day? Olin Mills. It was either there or Kmart. But um, I'd take my Bible with me to Olin Mills and, and, and held my Bible in my, in my hand like a preacher and got my picture made. I loved my Bible. I used to sleep with it. And uh, I thank God for my Bible. I am thank God tonight we have a Bible. Amen. Yeah. There are still thousands of languages and, 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 and dialects that do not have the Word of God. But I want to say tonight, I love my Bible. And just while I'm on it, while I'm thinking about it, in case I forget it, I love my King James Bible. Amen. I love my King James Bible. Amen. You can have... You can have all these modern translations that butcher the Word of God, that take out entire verses and change Bible doctrines and waters down and dilutes the key truths of the Word of God. You can have them. I'll keep the old black book my mama and daddy used to read from. Amen. And it's been working for 400 years. I guess I'll just keep on using it. I believe I'll people. Somebody called me the other and said, you're a King James cult. I said, well, that's weird. I never preach about the King James, ever. Ever do I ever preach a whole message on the King James Bible? Every now and then I'll mention it, but I mean, but I thought, I thought if I'm a cult leader, I'm like the worst cult ever. I mean, it's like, but then I thought about this: if we're a, if people that use the King James are cultists, you got a lot of explaining to do. How we managed to evangelize the world for the 300 years between 1611 and the late 1800s, early 1900s before modern translations even became a thing. Amen. Hey, you got to say something about that. Amen. But anyway, I, I, I have no problem with foreign languages having their own Bible. I mean, goodness, I've got a dozen books of my own in foreign languages. They just translated my, my book into Arabic. There ain't a word of King James in there, not one. There's an Arabic Bible in there. Come on, y'all. These people try to tell you what you are. Don't let, them not, don't let them deter you with labels and name calling. Amen. Just stick with the old book. It'll get the job done. Amen. This book right here has got the power of God on it. And one of these days, one of these days, we'll do a Bible study and we'll go through some of those doctrinal issues and we'll look at inspiration and we'll look at preservation and we'll look at all those things. And, and uh, if you're interested in doing a deep dive into the whole translation debate, I've got some great resource material, but I ain't doing all that tonight. I'm just going to say, I love my Bible. Amen. And in case there was anybody wondering which Bible I had, it's still the old authorized King James Bible. Amen. But uh, I had six points this morning on why I love the church. And so I thought, well, it's just only fair that I have six points on why I love the Bible. Amen. So I'm going to give them to you right quick out of Psalm. And all these are out of Psalm 19. Every one of these points are right here out of this one chapter. And uh, I gave you all a homework assignment a few weeks ago. I said, you ought to go home and read Psalm 119. I ain't going to ask for a show of hands because there'd be some liars and grieve the Holy Ghost and ruin the service. But I hope that you read Psalm 119. If you didn't, go home and read it again this week. Psalm 119 is an 
amazing book. It's got 176 chapters, and every single verse in that chapter talks about the Word of God in some way. But we're going to stay right here in this book tonight, and I'm going to just give you six reasons why I love my Bible. And it's the same reasons why David loved his Bible. He didn't have a King James, by the way. That's okay. It was still the Word of God. <laughs> so y'all get quiet on the craziest things. That's funny right there. I don't care who you are. Here we go. I, I, he, had, uh, he loved his Bible. David loved his Bible. And I love my Bible because of the thought life that it gives me. The thought life. Let's just look right here in our chapter. Look at verse 48. My hands also will I lift up unto thy commandment which I have loved, and I will meditate in thy statutes. What about that? Verse number 48, I will meditate in, he said, I love thy commandments, and I will meditate in thy statutes. Look at verse number 97. Look at verse 97. Oh, how I love, uh, oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Look at verse number 113. Verse number 113, I hate vain thoughts. But thy law do I love. What is David saying? David said, I believe the Bible was given to us to help us have a Christ-centered and a godly thought life. Amen. Amen. It's amazing how much better your day will be if you'll just think about the scriptures. Think about the word of God. Here's what David said in Psalm 1, verse number 1 and 2. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Amen. I, I believe God wants us to think about his word. I think he wants us to meditate on his word. This is one reason why you ought to try to memorize scripture. Try to memorize. You say, I have a hard time memorizing. Well, maybe you could write them down on three by five cards and just read them throughout the day. Pull them out of your pocket and glance at them and read them and just allow your mind to get saturated in the Word of God. I love my Bible because of the thought life that it gives me. I have obviously an opportunity to meditate on the Word of God because I preach. So I'm constantly constantly reading the Word of God, and I'm constantly thinking about the text or the Bible verses that I've been studying to preach on. But I'll wake up in the middle of the night. I mean, I'll wake up in the middle of the night, and the first thing that comes to my mind is the last passage of Scripture that I read. And Brother Bittner, I'll just lay there in the bed and let that thing just simmer and let that thing just mull over and over in my mind. And I mean, I don't care how many times in the middle of the night I get up, I'm thinking about the Word of God. And I'm not trying to appear spiritual. I'm just telling you, I love the Bible because of the thought life that it gives me. I'd rather think about the Bible than anything else. Amen. There's a lot of people there think, they think about everything. They worry about other things. They're trying to keep up with all the news. I'm so dumb trying to keep up with the news. The last two days, they've been talking about the government shooting down UFOs. They denied UFOs for the last 200 years. Now, all of a sudden, we're shooting them down. I used to believe in F uh, uh, UFOs until the government said they're shooting them down. I don't believe in them no more. <laughs> That's how bad I don't trust our government. They're calling them unidentified flying objects, unmanned, unpropelled objects as big as cars flying through the air and Canada shooting them down and we're shooting them down and I read this morning where China was shooting them down. I'm like, they don't even exist no more. They're done. I don't believe it. Mind control. Who knows? I mean, like we ain't got enough to worry about. Now we're worried about getting kidnapped by a bunch of aliens. That's what they're going to say happened when the rapture took place, by the way. 
it was either COVID or aliens, one of the two. <laughs> we just all got out of here. But, but the truth of the matter is you'll do a whole lot better if you'll just let the Word of God be your thought life. Find you a Bible verse and just think about it and chew on it. Meditate on it. David said it over and over and over. It's my meditation all the day. And here was a man running the kingdom. Here's a man that had responsibilities. Here's a man that had a lot going on, but he had time to meditate on the Word of God. Amen. Read it before you go to bed if you have to, so you can dream about it. Read, about it. Read it in the morning when you wake up so you can think about it throughout the day. I love the Word of God. I love my Bible because the thought life it gives me. And I'm going to tell you, I get some good, I get some good thoughts meditating on the Scripture. I got a text message from Brother Caleb Garrett way today. He said, I was, he said, I was jogging this morning or yesterday. He said, I was jogging. I was running. And uh, I, I envy people that's got the health and the ability to jog and run. <laughs> if you ever see me running, call the police. Somebody's chasing me, all right? I ain't just going to go run, all right? The wicked flew and flee when no man pursueth. That's what the Bible says. The wicked flee when no man pursueth. But he said, I was out jogging. He said, and I was just jogging. I guess he has a text to phone. He was just jotting down sermon thoughts and nuggets from the word of God while he was jogging. And I thought, I thought I was the only one that did that. Not jogging, the other part. <laughs> no matter where you're at, you can think about the Bible. Think about the word of God. Yeah. Amen. Number two, I love my Bible because of the testimonies that it gives me. Look at, verse, look at verse 119. I think it's verse 119. Look at what it says. Now put us away. Well, let's look at verse 167. Skip over to 167. I want to show you this one first. Look at what it says in 167. My soul uh, hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I love them. My soul hath kept thy testimonies. Now testimony, the word testimony is a legal word. You know that. Yes, sir. They use testimonies in the court of law to establish fact. Right. Amen. Well, we have a Bible who tells us who God is and how he is and what he wants and what he likes and what he doesn't like and what he loves and what he hates and what his attributes are. That's his testimony. By the way, the Bible is God's testimony about himself. Yeah, right. Amen. He testified of himself. I mean, who else is going to, Right. He testified to us about himself and his testimonies tells us who he is and all the things about him and it establishes the facts about him. And I love this. In doing so, his testimonies establishes truth and exposes and shuts down the wicked. If we had a key witness in the court case, we'd say their testimony put that criminal away. It was their testimony that did it. Well, look at verse 119. Thou puttest away all the wicked of the earth like dross. Therefore, I love thy testimonies. The greatest thing that you can do to overcome wickedness and evil is just let God's word testify of himself and what is right and what is true. David said, I love my Bible. I love the scripture. I love thy testimonies. I'm thankful if we have a testimony. I preached a series years ago on the Ten Commandments, and one of the things that's amazing to me about the Ten Commandments, one of the things that is a side thing that's a benefit of the Ten Commandments, is we get insight into the character and the attributes of God. The law was how God revealed himself to us and told us about himself. That's one reason why people have a problem with the word of God and even the parts of the scriptures that really may not even be relevant today. There's so much insight about the heart of God. 
their insight about principles, their insight about his character and his attributes. That is just, it's amazing. Their testimonies about God. They're scriptures that testify to us, establishing facts about God. Y'all still getting this, right? David said, I love my Bible because of the testimonies that it gives me. I don't listen to somebody tell me who God is. I let God tell me who he is. That's what the Bible does. That's why I got a problem with somebody messing with the Bible. They're messing with the testimony. Leave it alone. Amen. Number, number, number three, write this down. I love my Bible because of the treasures that it gives me. Look at verse number 127. Verse number 127. Therefore, he said, I love thy commandments above gold. Yea, above fine gold. I love thy commandments. What's he saying? He said, the word of God is a greater treasure to me than purified gold. He said, you can give me gold. You can give me pure gold. You can give me 24 karat gold. You can give me silver. He said, I'd rather have the word of God than have those things because the word of God in itself is a treasure and I love it. I tell you, we, we, we are so used to having God's word. I'm afraid we take it for granted. One sign you're taking the word of God's for granted is you don't read it every day. That's a sign you're taking it for granted is you don't read it. Another thing that you, another sign you're taking the word of God for granted is when you miss opportunity to hear it taught or hear it preached. Amen. It's a treasure. I've got, I get emails from people. They say, we have a church. We go to our church three times a week. They say, but every night we gather our family around and we watch a, we watch a preacher. We, we watch a message. They say, that's our family time is we watch preaching online. And they say, we love pulling up Calvary Baptist Church Amen. on the Calvary Baptist Church YouTube channel. They say, we listen to y'all's preaching your services. And they go to church. I think that's somebody that loves the treasures of the Word of God. Yeah. Amen. A lot of times when I lay down to take a nap, I know I'm not going to go to sleep. But if I can just slow down enough to make, trick my brain into thinking I took a nap, then it's about the same difference. But I'm going to tell you what I love to do. I love to put my earbuds in and put in a dramatized King James Bible, book of the Bible, start at Hebrews chapter number 1. And just lay there and listen. Listen to that word and just let it go into your ear. Every now and then I will doze off. I'll doze off and go to sleep. I'll go to sleep at about chapter 6 and wake up at about chapter number 7. And I wake up I say, Lord, please let all that that I didn't remember, let all that just seek into my subconscious and help me anyway. Right. It's better than white noise. Yeah, come on. Hey Amen. It'll help you. It's a treasure. Here's what David said in Psalm 19. You don't have to turn over there. But in Psalm 19, verse 10 and 11, more to be desired are they than gold. He's talking about the Word of God. More to be desired are they than gold. Yea, than much fine gold. If you were given a choice this evening of having a word of the Word of God or a pile of gold, which one would you choose? David said, I'd rather have the Word of God. More to be desired are they than gold. Yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. 
You say, why would I choose the Bible over a pile of gold? Well, you take that pile of gold and you spend it, it's gone. But you will never deplete the resources in this book right here. I mean, you'll never exhaust this book right here. I know men have been preaching it for 40 years and they're still digging and they're still finding nuggets of truth and they're still finding tremendous thoughts and messages and things that God shows them. This is a resource right here. It's a treasure chest. I love it. Amen. Number four, write this down. I love my Bible because of the thrill that it gives me. <laughs> it's thrilling. I get excited about the Bible. I get excited about the Word of God. I get excited studying it. I get excited preaching it. And I get excited listening to somebody else preach it. Fires me up. When a man takes this book right here and he starts preaching, he's got anointing on him. He's got the unction of God on him. And he opens up that Bible right there. I can't hardly sit still. Boy, my legs are bouncing. I'm sitting on the edge of my seat. I'm hanging on every word. He could preach for three hours. I'd still be here. I love it. It's thrilling. It ought to be thrilling to you. It was thrilling to David. Look at what he said in verse number 47. I will delight myself in thy commandments, which I have loved. <laughs> he says, I can have fun all by myself. All I need is a Bible. Come on now. Notice how many times just in chapter 119, David said he delighted in the word of God. You ready for this? Stay with me now. Look at verse 16. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. Look at verse 24. Thy testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. Verse number 35. Make me to go in the path of thy commandments, for therein do I delight. Look at verse 47. We just read it. I will delight myself in thy commandments, which I have loved. Look at verse number 70. Their heart is as fat as grease, but I delight in thy law. Verse 77. Let thy tender mercies come unto me that I may live, for thy law is my delight. Verse 174. I have longed for thy salvation, O Lord, and thy law is my delight. I'd be a great day in your life as a Christian when you learn to enjoy and be delighted and be thrilled at what's in this book right here. It is absolutely fascinating. I can't understand why preachers preach other things. There's so much good stuff in this Bible. Right here, Paul told Timothy, preach the word. I've gone before and heard people preach and they, they've preached everything but the word. Their opinion or give illustrations. I've been heard preachers before. They preach for 45 minutes and 30 minutes of it was personal illustrations. Well, they're interesting and they're fascinating. But why don't we just go outside and sit on the curb and take a, take a Coca-Cola and tell stories. When you come time to preach, preach the book. You can't beat that book right there. Delight in the law of God, delight in the word of God. It thrills me to know that God loved me enough to give me his word. What a blessing. What a blessing. It blessed David too. Delight. Let me ask you a question. Don't shake your head. Don't raise your hand. But do you get genuinely thrilled by the Word of God? See, a lot of people don't because they don't understand it. Well, if you don't understand it, you got a problem. You might be lost. I didn't say you're not going to understand all of it. There's going to be parts of it that none of us understand. Even the secret things belong unto the Lord, all right? But let me just be honest with you. 
If you pick up your Bible and you start reading and you don't get something out of it, you might be lost. Because the author of that book right there lives on the inside of us. He inspired that book. And the natural man understandeth not the things of the Spirit of God. That's the Bible. The Spirit of God inspired this. The natural man, the unsaved man, understandeth not the things of the Spirit of God, neither indeed can he. That's one reason why they keep writing, rewriting, and retranslating the Bible is because if people can't understand it. People can't understand it. Well, maybe we ought to get them saved. Try that first. Not to mention the fact that people today don't even read. A lot of people can't read. I heard last week there's 23 schools in Baltimore with zero proficiency in math and reading. Now, I hate to say this, but I don't care what translation you give them. If they can't read, they ain't going to understand it. What we've done is we've dumbed down our school system and they're dumbing down the Bible to accommodate people that can't read and people that are not saved. But I'll tell you, when you get born again and that author moves on the inside and you start reading it, it'll thrill you. It will delight you. If it don't, don't rewrite it. Just get right with God. The problem ain't with the book. The problem's with the reader. I've been saying that for 30 years and I ain't fixing to change on that. Number five, write this down. I love my Bible because of the truth that it gives me. I preach on truth a lot. I preach on that a lot because the Bible is truth. And I appreciate it. And David appreciated it. Look what he said in verse number 163. Look at it. This is chapter 119, verse 163. I hate and abhor lying, but thy law do I love. Look at verse 140. Look back up to verse number 40. Thy word is very pure. Therefore, thy servant loveth it. You know why he loved it? David loved the Bible, loved the scriptures, because it was the truth. It was the opposite of lying. It was the opposite of deceit. And we're in a world that's filled with lies and deception and trickery. I love my Bible because it's the truth. I mean, you read the news today, you don't know if it's the truth. In fact, if you've got any discernment at all, you know it's not the truth. They've dumbed down our society to the point where they can tell them anything and they'll believe it. They will believe literally anything that they say. If it's in print, if it's in a magazine or it's in a newspaper or it's on a website, they'll say, well, that's the truth. People can get up and just start throwing random statistics and facts and everybody just buys into it. I was listening to the guy the other day. He was talking about smoking. And he started talking about smoking, giving all these statistics about smoking. And he said, I told a bunch of these to my friends. He said, two of them started smoking. He just made the statistics up. It was just an experiment. They started smoking. He, told them, he talked them into the fact that smoking wasn't even as bad as they thought it was and just made up statistics and they believed it because it sounded like it made sense. People today are buying lies left and right. It's heartbreaking. And I'm not just talking about in the world. I'm talking about in the church. I have been absolutely floored in the last three or four days at how many preachers have got absolutely no discernment whatsoever. And they get more upset at me for tweeting about the Bible than they do about the guy changing the Bible. You're going to defend the guy changing the Bible and get mad at somebody for defending the Bible. 
virtue signaling and act like they're full of love and compassion and unity. A lot of people would just back off the gas and say, oh my goodness, I must have overstepped. No, you didn't. They're all liars. They're deceivers. I love this book because this book is right. This book is truth. Amen. David loved it because of the truth. Let me give you one more. Verse number 167. One sixty-five. I'm sorry. One sixty-five. Great peace have they, which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. I love my Bible because of the temperance that it gives me. That word temperance means being moderate, having restraint, and avoid of being extreme or excess. You know what to happen with the Bible? The Bible will temper you. It will mature you. And when you love the Word of God, you won't just be so easily offended at the truths in the Word of God. That's a, and I believe that's what it's talking about. Nothing shall offend them. I don't, mean that, I don't believe it's talking about get offended because you see somebody slapping a woman on the street. That would offend me. And I'd have to do something about that. I don't believe that's what he's talking about. I believe he's talking about the Word of God won't offend you. I believe that's what he's talking about. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. You read John chapter number 6, those people got offended. Jesus was preaching, they got offended. That's what it says they were offended. They got offended at the word of God. Well, they didn't understand it. He was talking about his body and the blood, and he was talking about the, uh, eating his body and drinking his blood, and they didn't understand it. And instead of stopping and asking questions, they just got mad and in a huff and walked off. They got offended. You don't tell me you love the Bible and then get offended at the Bible. Amen. You love the Word of God. When it tells you you're wrong, you'll say, yes, sir, and get right. When you love the Word of God and you look into the perfect law of liberty, when you look in the mirror of His Word and it shows you what you are, you won't argue with it. You won't get upset. You'll just get right. Amen. Amen. That word offend means to be irritated or annoyed or angered. I've seen people get angry at the word of God. Some of those Old Testament prophets would be, be talking to the king and they'd some people slap him in the face. One king took a pen knife and just started cutting out the parts he didn't like. <laughs> I love the word of God. I thank God for his word. I thank God for the truth of his word that when I look in it, no matter what I've told myself and no matter what anybody else has told me, when the Bible says, I know it's right. Amen. And we're real good at lying to ourselves, ain't we? Yes, sir. About ourselves. Right. We make ourselves look better and feel better than we ought to. Till we read that book right there and the Holy Spirit will say, I'm talking to you. That's to you. Yeah. You need to do that. And don't get mad. I get mad at myself. I don't get mad at the Word of God. And I don't get mad at a preacher that preaches the Word of God. Right. Brother Bell, I believe I can say with my hand up, I ain't never one time in my life got mad at a God-called preacher for preaching that book to me, not once. I've been mad at myself a lot. I've gotten altered and got right with God a lot. Never walked up to a preacher after he got done preaching to me and rebuke him because he made me mad. That's one of the side benefits of loving the Word of God. You won't get mad at preaching. And I've, I've said under some preachers, I believe they were trying their best to make me mad. They enjoyed making people mad. They just enjoyed being that way. Come on now. 
I'm almost finished. Isaiah 26, 3, thou shalt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. And I don't know how else to say it this evening but this. If you want to make it through this crazy, insane world we're living in right now, and it's crazy, and it's getting crazier still. If you'd have told me three months ago that there was going to be news articles about shooting down UFOs, I'd have said, you're crazy. Now, I'm not surprised. I don't have no idea what's going to happen. You say, well, do you believe in it? I don't know. I don't know what I believe. Except this book right here. I know this is right. And you want to keep from losing your mind? Anybody in here interested in not losing your mind? Some of y'all have done past the point of no return, I'm sure. I'm going to tell you how to keep from losing your mind. I'm going to tell you how to have perfect peace when the world's going crazy. Love this book right here. Read it. Study it. Meditate on it. Memorize it. Go back and read it some more. Look up words. Look up verses. Cross-reference verses. Just bury yourself in this book right here and think about it as much as you possibly can. It might keep you from losing your mind. It might help you have a better witness. It might help you find answers for the big decisions you've got to make in your life. That's what David said. He said, this book is my counselor's. I'm all for getting counsel, but don't get counsel first from people when you can get it from right here. You've got the mind of God right there in your hand. You've got everything God wants you to know about himself and about life right here in this book. My question to you tonight is, do you love your Bible? I certainly hope you do. Father, we thank you this evening for the opportunity to stand and not only preach the Word of God, but preach about the Word of God.